You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. It's all been leading up to this. Thanos is ready to enact his master plan, and it's up to the greatest heroes in the universe to assemble, working together like never before. In this cooperative game, players must build teams of heroes to face off against Thanos and his villainous allies, attempting to thwart him before he collects all six Infinity Stones to power the Infinity Gauntlet and wreak havoc on the very fabric of reality. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts, Justin and Ricky. And, uh, yeah, this week we're talking about, well, not only Thanos Rising, but also Death Eater Rising, and if we could ever... And Dark Side Rising, to a lesser we, degree. If we could ever get our hands on it, I would love to have a copy of that. Yeah. It's just because it's, you know, the Star Wars fan, yeah. fanboy blood pulsing through my veins right now. That's called marketing. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Trust me, trust me, I know. I, you have Thanos Rising, I have uh, Death Eater Rising. It's one of those, well, we'll get into the, the whole rigmarole on that. But before we do, let's jump straight into our role recap. Justin, what you been up to? Playing games. Yeah. You? Yeah. What? Since when? No. Always. Nah. Uh, I, guess I, uh, I sh- call I sh- malarkey. Okay, fine. Um, Arkham Horror. Mm-hmm. LCG. Mm-hmm. Um... Got to the second story arc, and they returned to the path to Carcosa uh, cycle that we're doing. And that's um, where you go to an after party for the show, the theater. It's not a fun place to go, and it did not go very well for us. Hmm. Uh, we've got the next scenario coming up tomorrow at the, the local game store, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, played... Got to play uh, Grim Masquerade, which is kind of a deduction sort of um, fairy tale themed uh, unmasking ball sort of situation, trying to figure out who the other characters are based on what pieces they collect. Mm-hmm. Um, played Big Book of Madness several times as kind of a cooperative deck builder. Uh, Gloomhaven, got some of that in there. Dungeons and Dragons, Waterdeep, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Um, Adventure board game. I think that's the whole title. There's a lot in that one. Uh, but that was the newest version of the D&D board game adventure series where you flip tiles and you explore the dungeon and you've got scenarios and kind of a campaign to run through. It's a D&D light. No GM required. Um, Edge of Darkness. Got to uh, learn and play that one, finally, from AEG. Uh, and then some Five Minute Marvel and Murder of Crows. So that's just the board games. I've also done let's see, uh, the Dragon Age RPG, uh, Descent into Avernus uh, session, a camp- D&D 5e campaign that's been a hi- hiatus for almost two years. Uh, got picked back up. Oh, wow. So I jumped into that. I've been busy. Hmm. And more to come, because uh, there will be more of that later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so... How about you? Following up on your, you know, madness... Oh, uh Thanos Rising. Yeah, Thanos Rising, yeah. Uh, and following up on your uh, whole slew of maddening games, 
There was a lot of, like, themed, like, most games involved some sort of insanity or weird stuff going on, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same vein with that, but instead, I played the 1996 edition of Mall Madness. Um, you may remember this from any kind of TV commercial or anything from that time. Um, it was my girlfriend's a co copy, and actually that's probably the most expensive game in my uh, collection right now. Uh, they, they're stupid expensive because she's missing a few pieces, and she's trying to get me to find everything. Um, but yeah, I had to dig that out, and she left batteries in the main receiver from 15 years ago. Wow, so, wow. yeah, I had to pull everything apart, clean it, and then we ran through a game just to make sure everything was working right. Cool. Yeah. Um, I played uh, Thanos Rising, um, Death Eaters Rising. We played, we played some D&D. Um, played a lot of Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts Battle. Because that's always going to be the go-to for her. I'll let you know um, when I'm shocked that you don't play it. Yeah. That's going to be the, 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 the time that you haven't played it for two weeks. It'll be the, the very scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, we heard the announcement of um, the Betrayal Scooby-Doo edition. Right. We that's coming that out. Last time. Yeah. So... I told her after our last uh, podcast, and she is going insane. She's pretty excited about that. Um, and then also with Mall Madness being re-released later this year, hmm. that's what caused us to bust out the old one, but she's excited for the new one as well. Hmm. So we're going to have some new games coming down the pipeline for us to play. So maybe... Not necessarily the games I would... Well, I mean, Scooby-Doo uh, Betrayal does sound like fun. Right. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, and then I uh, I unfortunately uh, decided to finally jump into Star Wars Battlefront 2 on the PC, and I spent 16 hours playing in two days. Hmm. Yeah. So, like, you know how the, the Sims 4 was on sale, and I, I, I fell into a deep, deep rabbit hole Yeah. playing that? I kicked that habit, and then I started playing Gloomhaven, the digital early release version. To see how it compares to the board game, it's pretty comparable. It's a little bit mm -hmm. slicker, a um, lot less moving pieces, so it's a lot faster to get through scenarios. It yeah. does all the work for you. Um, only downside is if you mess up, like your targeting or something like that. There's really no way to undo oh. a, a, a play error, so you just have to be really careful when selecting things. Mm. It does try to, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? A lot, but um, it's weird because I think I'm better at the PC version because I've played the regular board game version. Mm -hmm. So I understand the mechanics and the order of events and how, like, enemies react. So um, that's interesting. Uh, also, digital board game uh, from the Kickstarter, I got the... Uh, beta code for Blood Rage, the digital edition. Hmm. Um, it needs some polish and some user interface mm. touch-ups. The the bones are there, so like it, but it doesn't really do it well yet. So they're flying half a ship. Hopefully, it's just beta and the polish is coming. Mm. And, but I do see the potential for it there. So digital board games, excellent. Um, 
I don't know if I would ever play Blood Rage online with others. I think that would be my solo, like, hey, I feel like playing Blood Rage, let me play solo with it. I do the same thing with a digital site. Like, if I want a game of scythe, but no one's around or I don't want to spend the time, mm -hmm. I'll do that. So, yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of playing turn-based things. Online. Online. Unless it's Civ. That's fair, yeah. That's a lot of fun to play online with your friends. No. In a weird way. You, like, you have to be in a chat room and then just haze each other for hours as everybody's taking one more turn. Yeah. So. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump into Thanos Rising. So if you're not familiar with the Thanos Rising, Death of the Rising, the Rising series in general. Um, was, Best way to call it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it's put out, uh, it's been released by The Op. Or USOPLY, whatever US. you want to call it these days. Originally USOPLY, and then they changed the name in between Thanos and Darkseid slash Harry, or Death Eater. So, mm -hmm. so mine says USAOPLY, yours does not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, they, yeah, they updated and rebranded a little bit there. But either USAOPLY or the op, however you want to call it, they put it out. Um, two to four players, uh, 45 to an hour. Would, Box says 45. It really is closer to 45 to an hour. I would say that 45 is if you lost. Yeah. And I've never played a game. I've never won a game playing 45 minutes because at that point you're struggling to... I have, but it was definitely like one of those... Everything lined up. Everything went well from turn one and mm -hmm. it just snowballed into good stuff meant more good stuff, which meant we won. Mm -hmm. Um... And we'll we'll talk about a little bit more about that uh, later, but like that's that's how I did it in forty five minutes yeah. with a victory. It was it was from turn one things started going well, and pretty much from there it snowballed into good stuff, more stuff, better stuff, win more. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about our first impressions, first impressions, um, nice size box. Honestly, it's one of those. It's not a small box, but it's not a standard large box game. Um. For Thanos Rising, you get a little model of Thanos, which has some paint job to be desired. Uh, yeah, and He's, you got mold lines all over it. The sculpt is okay. The mold lines are all over it. Like, it's just one of those, like, I would totally strip that down and repaint it and clean them up. Yeah. Um, the sculpt itself isn't terrible, but it's a definitely, like, an old Hero Clicks paint job on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Infinity Gauntlet board is kind of neat because it's got the uh, gauntlet with little indents for all the gems and slots around it for all the gem holdings. Mm -hmm. um, it is an interesting, uh, because uh, the, the Death Eaters uh, Rising comes with a, a similar figure, but uh, Voldemort instead of mm -hmm. Thanos. Is he any um, betterly painted or, or sculpted? I mean, the thing is, he's just, you know... White? Gray and yeah, white, gray, and black. He's a pasty, so he's, he's, he's a pasty white dude with a yeah. black robe and a weird nose. Yeah. So a little bit easier. A little bit easier. I mean, you don't really have to worry too much about detail on any part of him because it's just a simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the cutouts. Um, so this one came with uh, two separate cutouts. So it's, it's yeah. a little bit more of a. Uh, um, you have to have a bigger space to play. A little bit, yeah. Um, I will say the one thing that does bug me is just the way that everything's in there. Um, some of the cardboard kind of peels up, so it doesn't lay completely flat. 
Oh, that's just my copy. It can happen to your copy. Oh, just absolutely. the way just the way that the, the box is set up. There's not a lot of support for it. Um, no, and just heat and moisture and stuff. It, it, the board doesn't... It's will not warp, very, yeah. Yeah, it can warp pretty easily. But that's, yeah. that's not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Um, but it, it's a, a great-looking uh, game when you have it laid out. Yep. Um, Artwork-wise, it's pretty generic artwork. I mean, it's a, it's a skin of a game. So... Well... In Thanos Rising, that was the first one. They used mm -hmm. pretty much all movie stills mm -hmm. or, or of the actors of all the different Marvel movies. So very, like, minimal more effort in that. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, um, except for the weird collector card, which um, is just a silhouette. Yeah. Which I'm guessing is some sort of contract thing. Benicio Del Toro doesn't want people seeing his face unless he's on screen. Something. Could, something, or, you know, his contract, because he, it wasn't a major character, it was a very supportive mm -hmm. character, probably didn't have the language that they needed to uh, be able to put him in a game. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, along those lines. So, it's kind of weird because, like, every other card has at least the... You know, it looks okay. It's Scarlett Johansson. It's it's mm -hmm. uh, Dave uh, Batista. It's Chris Pratt, all in their costumes. And then there's this one random silhouette card. Yeah. Um, not bad. Uh, what's interesting though is the game came out right before Infinity War. Um, in that time frame, so there was a little bit of. Um. Some of the promos were delayed because of spoilers mm -hmm. uh, because of that movie. So that, it was kind of interesting because they included stuff and then they didn't include stuff, mostly because of how Disney works their uh, IPs there. Mm -hmm. um, what's the art in Death Eaters like? like it is um, the same, same kind of thing. It, it's just generic movie stills from mm -hmm. uh, Harry Potter. Um, the difference uh, mostly is. On Thanos Rising, they have kind of generic tokens for science, damage. Mm -hmm. um, on Death Eaters, uh, Death Eaters Rising, they have the actual, like, Order of the Phoenix logo or... Um, something more iconic. Yeah, so, well, something more in line with... The theme. The theme, yeah. It's true. This one has uh, the dice values are, like, cosmic, science. Mm. Tech, yeah. So yeah, and then um, there is slight variance uh, with the setup of the board. Um, with Thanos Rising, you have two dice that you roll for Thanos's turn at the beginning um, of each each round, um, and it'll tell you which way he turns, and then or if he stays, and then another one for putting counters, counters on, on the these uh, stones. Yeah. And once uh -huh. he gets five counters on a stone, he's collected and mastered that stone, so then um, you get to put it in the gauntlet, and then what's worse is every time that color gets rolled for the rest of the game, a bad effect happens, and none of them are good, mm -hmm. no matter which one. It's like, you, yeah, it doesn't matter which one you get. They're all equally pretty rough. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of changed that a little bit for... On Death Eaters uh, Rising, they switched out those two dice for a single D8. 
Mm. And then they put location cards on each sector that can be corrupted. And if they're corrupted, then um, something happens. Very basic mechanic. Uh, It made it a little bit easier to to put everything together. Um, Like we said, it's a lot smaller of a, a footprint when you play the uh the death, death eater for yeah that makes sense yeah um so what do you enjoy about this game mechanically um it mechanically it's on the relatively simple thing side it's kind of a push your luck dice game mm-hmm. um where your first turn you're chucking probably uh you're chucking four dice trying to collect a, another hero, which then expands your ability to do more stuff per turn, mm-hmm. um, as well as be able to spread damage around a little bit better. Um, so the goal is there's, there's ten villains in the deck that can possibly pop out, but within that deck is also good cards that you want to collect. So you're trying to build mm-hmm. your hero team and recruit people to fight uh, Thanos or, or uh, Voldemort while defeating Death Eaters or the the Black Order in the case yeah. of uh, Thanos Rising. So you're they're kind of working towards the same goal. It's just a whether of did they kill ten heroes or did you defeat ten villains first? Mm. Um, Thanos also has the if he collects all six stones, he wins that way. He also wins if he knocks out a single player's entire roster. Mm-hmm. So as long as you have a hero, you're still in the game. You can lose people. You can lose your original hero. Yeah, but if you lose everybody, you are uh, SOL. Yeah, game the game's over. done. So overall, it does some things nicely. Um, small package, um, a lot of randomness to how you have to play. So you, it does take a lot of thought of what sector am I going for, what cards am I trying to collect, what's possible for me to collect. So mm-hmm. you do have to think very strategically um, while you play it because you. D- there's, the margin for error is not very big. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Your thoughts? Um, my thoughts? Uh, it's a easy to teach game, too. Mm-hmm. It's just... True. All right, sit down, throw dice. Can you use anything with that dice? No? Okay, next. Very quick, boom, boom, boom. Once you start getting later, once you start having... Once you start losing heroes uh, to the point that you're almost uh, going to be knocked out... Then it slows down because then it becomes a lot more thought-provoking. Yep. So I do like the fact that you can just jump straight in real quick, get the get a feel for it, and then by the time it actually becomes an issue, um, you can slow down and you know what you need to do. Um, it is challenging, which yeah, I do enjoy that. the The win rate is for a co-op game. The win rate is rough. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I talk about how, again, how me and my girlfriend always play uh, Hogwarts Battle. Yeah. That's one of those games that we have uh, have almost won every single game that we've played. I mean, you get the bad dealt... Um, bad mix of cards early on kind of mm-hmm. sets you behind, and it's yeah. hard to recover sometimes. Yeah. Uh, this makes it a lot more random, because you, you, you can't just trust what's in a deck. You have dice that you have to roll that can either they really do. help you or just really screw you over. Yep, they do dice things. So, um, I do enjoy the challenge of it. Um, so, yeah. All right. 
What's not so great? So I have Death Eater Rising, and I have um, my sister and my uh, 11-year-old nephew, Mm -hmm. who I would not want to play this with. Because it's one of those games where, at some point, it just becomes unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, me and you had played this right before recording this, uh, or played around right before recording this, and... For the majority of the game, I had, like, three or four heroes in front of me, and then I look over, and you have, like, ten. Yeah, I started... I, and yeah. once you start once you start snowballing, it just goes and goes and goes, because right. all of a sudden, you're rolling eight dice doing, every time. Doing a lot of different abilities, triggering more stuff. Yeah, I'm rolling yeah. the same four dice that I started out with. So, I, there's no balancing it at that point. It's no. just you got to run through the game and be done with it. So that random factor is what I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a neat game, but the random factor is what is going to drive away a lot more uh, serious gamers from it. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is, is you have in, in Thanos Rising and in Death Eater Rising, you have nine cards that randomly get flipped out of the asset deck. That could be a mix of all heroes, a lot of villains, a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the heroes are more powerful and harder to collect. Some are pretty easy to collect. And if you don't, if you get dealt a opening spread of very hard stuff, whether it's really mean villains, tough to acquire heroes, you don't have the powers or, or resources to be able to pull those off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can lose very quickly because you have no chance. Yeah. Um, Likewise, um, like you said, I got rolling. I got this hero, I got this hero, I got two this round, I got the right mech. It took me a couple rounds to actually get that going, but once I got going, there was only like one round where I got a lot of damage dealt to me from like a couple sources, just because of how the the bad guy turn pretty much happened. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in risk of losing anybody, Mm -hmm. except for that like one critical round. Yeah. Which was, like, put, like, four of my heroes in threat range of almost losing the game. But other than the the, the critical round, it really wasn't a challenge anymore. It was just like, okay, what do we have to do to mitigate us not losing right now? Because we had a rough start. Yeah. Um, They they added the randomness and the challenge like that to give you that, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God mm -hmm. feeling that all of a sudden... You're on the ropes, you're trying to defeat the bad guy, you're trying to um, not massively kill off all these characters. Right. Um, yeah, and when you were at that point, you're just like, oh, I don't need any help. I had, like, tokens I could have used to help heal you up, and you're like, no, trust me, I'm fine. Like, right. It I was... can't do anything this turn, but I can heal everything up. But I, but I can pull myself off the red line. Yeah. I still need your healing. But that's mm-hmm. just because of the random dice. Like, mm-hmm. if things worked in the way of like everything went right that round, after that moment, no, I probably had the abilities to pull it off. But I dice didn't show up quite as good as I needed them to be, so I needed that little assistance. But that's yeah. why I turned it down right away. It's like, let me see what I can do. And from that point, you know what? I do that. I do need that little extra help. Mm-hmm. Like, let's pull this off so that we don't lose. Yeah. Um, but I, but you were also redlining half to most of the game. The majority of the game, because so I, I had you, no way to, to so heal myself. So I didn't myself. want you to have you use those abilities on me when we mm-hmm. 
definitely could use them in case of you yeah. uh, getting another bad round going. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, hey, those are one-offs. We can use those at any time. Let's do the things that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Figure that out. So it does have this very swingy dice luck-based um, mechanics. So it can either go really well or really poorly. Or... But it doesn't ever really go into this malaise of middle ground where it feels like a nice balance of good stuff and bad stuff. Either mm-hmm. one way or the other every game. Yeah. A lot of times it's a lot of bad stuff and you can't recover because you don't have enough good stuff to, to, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry and Death Eater Rising, probably a similar story. Very luck and dice-based. Yeah. I did appreciate in... Um... I, I did appreciate in Death Eater Rising, um, instead of having like a passive um, ability on your uh, main card, mm-hmm. you had um, active abilities. So you would roll your dice, and then you can use them for one of two abilities that were on your, your main card. Right. So it was nice in this. Uh, I know I played uh, Thor this last round, and it was if I ever rolled two of the same icon, I would... Do a uh, do a single damage to every villain on the sector I was on, and it was almost guaranteed that w- I would do that with the dice that I had in my hand. So, so the only other thing um, I would say is like the Dark Side Rising uh, follows a little bit more of the Harry Potter mm-hmm. Death Eater Rising model because the essentially Thanos was the first one. And then uh, Dark Side and, and Death Eaters followed up next. They used um, more concept art or, or sketch art for not not sketch art per se, but like almost like character East characterization art mm-hmm. in Dark Side Rising. Um, so it's not movie stills. Ironically, it's a, um, uh, the art pictures that we've seen are all. Yes, it does look like Jin Erso, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely it does also does not look like they just took a picture from Rogue One and threw it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Darth Vader sculpt is your big bad guy. No real change there. Um, it does do a little bit more of what Harry Potter Death Eater Rising does, and the sectors are kind of more themed. Um, and they don't necessarily have that Infinity Gauntlet thing going down with it, too. However, there is, um, yeah, just the one, uh, just the one uh, um, Death Star board with components. The Sculpted Vader asset cards. Uh, four bases of Rebel Cell boards. The 17 mm-hmm. custom dice. Good tokens, bad tokens. So it's it's very it's, similar. Yeah, that's the one thing that I, I wasn't a big fan of either. Is it, it's there's not enough different be, difference between the games for me to warrant buying each copy of it. No. So, like you said, you have Thanos Rising. You wouldn't get Death Eaters Rising because it's right. almost the same game. Um, I would get Dark Side Rising, but that's just because yeah. I'm a Are, stupid Star Wars fanboy. Do you like Harry Potter, Star Wars, or Marvel most? Yeah, get that. That's one. the one you get. Yeah. Um. That's not a bad thing, um, mm-hmm. and that kind of comes from the you know the USAopoly, you know, blankopoly, skinny, mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm not, I wasn't necessarily surprised when, as these things kind of came out, that they just kind of reskinned them. But I was hoping a little more mechanics, because like, Thanos is trying to build the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm -hmm. So why can't there be some sort of like Horcrux mechanic in Harry Potter where you're defeating like not necessarily villains, but you're destroying Horcruxes and then have to do like a a battle against Voldemort mm -hmm. himself at the end? Yeah, is like okay now that you've now that you've defeated his Horcruxes, you can now attack him in a big final epic battle. Mm -hmm. Something different, like, slightly different, you know. That's just my two cents on that. So that's the not-so-great stuff. Who would you recommend this for? Well, first off, I just need to let you know that I found out, I found a website I can have this delivered to me, Dark Side Rising. It's going to be very expensive to ship it, but... Don't do it. You have Death Eater Rising. But have you seen Star Wars Rising? I haven't seen much of it, but I want it. Um, who would I recommend this for? Anyone who would want a really challenging game that they really can't master. Ooh. And there's, there are people out there who, who just want a game that's going to kick their ass repeatedly. Yeah, true. Um, and this is one of those games, because this, this, this is a tough game. Mm -hmm. um, it's frustrating. It's, it's, um, you can't really devise tactics, because your tactics can be completely shot down just by what cards are dealt versus who you have on the board at the right. beginning. Um, so someone good at analyzing the situation mm -hmm. can flourish in this game. Yeah. Uh, but you have to be flexible in your plans. You can't go like, I love Thor. Let me recruit Thor. Thor, Thor, Thor. I did, I, that's what I did, and I was like, oh, okay, this is terrible. Yeah. All right. Um, well, you started with Thor, so. Yeah. That, that was slightly different. But, like, yeah, it took a lot of uh, groundwork to get going. I, I would recommend it for someone um, who likes a lighter game mm -hmm. um, that you can teach quickly, play relatively quickly, mm -hmm. um, and is still in those kind of gateway-esque level of games. Yeah. Um, the more you realize that you have really... Unless you get the right hero mix, which is, again, completely random setup, so you, mm -hmm. there's no real ch predictable chance that it'll happen. Uh, unless you get the right color mix of heroes early on, there's almost nothing you can do with those dice. Like, mm -hmm. they are what they are. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a pick-and-choose, roll your luck, is like, okay, well, I'll sign this down, I'll roll the rest and see what happens. But if that... If luck doesn't bother you, like if luck-based games, like what your hand is dealt, what your dice roll are, and no way to really modify those doesn't bother you in a game, this might be a game you enjoy. I would not recommend it for people who do not like luck-based games, um, because there is a lot of it in this one. Mm -hmm. You are randomly dealt, like the only real choice you get to start with is which hero or team you get to play with first. So do you want Cap? Do you want Gamora? Do you want uh, Doctor Strange? Do you want Black Panther? Mm -hmm. There's your startup. Like that, that's, that's the biggest choice you get to make in the early game. 
And then it's like, okay, what can I potentially, maybe, possibly pull off that's out there? Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't suggest this for families. This is a game that you'll play once or twice. Um, if you're trying to play it with your children, um, yeah, um, and it, it, again, it's one of those you try to instill um, certain aspects of the game to your, to your children, but this is a game that they're going to just think that it's not fair at one point or another because they're not doing anything on their turn. Right. Um, and unless, it's hard to explain. Luck yeah, goes their way and they get to do everything, and the you know, mom and dad don't get to do anything. So, I grew up with three siblings, and if I played this with any of them, I would hate every single one of them. At some point. Yeah. Unless you were the one winning. That is true. And then they would hate me. But then they would hate you, yeah. and that's the problem. Yeah. Is, um, it does recommend for 10+, plus because there's a little bit of reading involved and understanding how the powers and the cards interact. So, mm-hmm. like, I think the age or, um, suggestion isn't terrible, but keep in mind, it is definitely a game that you cannot really control. Mm-hmm. You can't with really... kids, yeah. And like, there's a lot of games out there that you can make slightly suboptimal choices to make sure other players are still exactly. having their fun. And there's really no way to do that. In this one. I was about to say, like, if you try to hold back so that someone can catch up to you, that can mean that you're going to lose the game. Right. It's just 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 the way it is because in a second it could just all of a sudden you have uh, Thanos, Voldemort, Darth Vader, whoever. Uh, move to a sector and kill off three heroes, and then the game's over. All right. So it's yeah, it's got some good stuff. It's got some bad stuff. Um, ultimately, it's fun. It's neat. It's something I bust out for a lighter, not really a filler game though. Something in the in between. I need something that takes a little bit longer, but isn't going to take the whole night. This is this might hit the table. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the downsides to that uh, is it only seeks up to fours. Yeah. So, granted, I don't know if I want to play this with anyone more than four. I did play this a lot with four players uh, early on. There's not much you can do in between turns. Yeah. You're just like cheering each other on is the best you can do. Um, when you do damage villains, you get bonus tokens, and other people can spend. You can spend those on other people. Sort of like, hey, do you need this? Yeah. But that's not really like an active thing you get to do. Mm. So it's not, like I said, it's not the greatest game in the world. I've played way worse games in it. If you love the theme and you know you're really jazzed about Marvel or Star Wars, if you're outside the U.S. in the, in the year U.K. Mm. Uh, or your uh, EU, sorry, or you know Harry Potter, sure, pick it up. No. Um, if you're looking for something deeper, um, honestly, I think Battle for Hogwarts for the Harry Potter fans, I'd recommend that over mm-hmm. Death Eater Rising. Um, as far as Marvel games, um, when this came out, it was kind of slim pickings at that point. Mm-hmm. But I would say Marvel Champions is a lot is a lot more interesting and fun than this. It does have the downside, Marvel Champions does have that downside of when it's your turn, you get to do all your awesome stuff, but nobody else gets to really do anything, so everyone's watching each other do awesome stuff, mm-hmm. and then waiting for their turn to do awesome stuff. So it still has that aspect that yeah. um, you can't really avoid. But um, low player count, two players, 
for both of those games. Not bad. Nah. Alright. I think that's enough of the Rising series. Not terrible, yeah. just definitely would not recommend picking up more than one of the set. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Take your favorite franchise and go with it. Yeah. Uh, well, so, as always, uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Um, we do suggest if you are looking to find a murderer, because they're out there somewhere, and somewhere. we really need your help finding them, hunt a killer. If you use promo code Arcanum, uh, you'll get dollars off, multiple from what I hear. Yeah. The, you know, if it's kind of a, it's a monthly subscription box. Nice thing about it is it comes to your doorstep, you bust it out, you have a decent evening with it, and mm-hmm. then you do something else in the meantime, and the next month, the next, the next step in the story shows up. Yeah. Uh, me and my girlfriend it's a, did it it's for a nice a while. slow burn. Yeah, me and my girlfriend did it for a while. We ended up we'd get a few bottles of wine, sit there, and and all devolved at two in the morning while I'm putting up the yarn board in the uh, basement, screaming about Pepe Silvio. Um, but hey. she has forgiven me since, and everything is good. Trust me, it is fun. The bottles of wine probably helped. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, we want to make sure that you guys stay active with us because we're being more and more active as we go. Uh, we have the Twitter, Twitter, the we Instagram, have Facebook, the Facebook, Gmail, Gmail account, all Tabletop Arcanum, uh, Tabletop Arcanum at gmail.com. Um, look us up, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram. We'll be there. Um, and we are coming up on our big five zero. Big five zero. So we want you guys to send in questions. TabletopArcanum at gmail.com. Ask us stuff. Ask us things. We don't care. You can ask us a favorite cheese. I'll tell you right now. Munster. Wow. Whoa, whoa. We were going to say that. Yeah, I know. I'm really, uh... Oh, man, can I change it? Because that's no Gouda. Cheese, that's good. You know, after the Scythe episode, and now this, (laughs) I I think I heard people unsubscribing. Sorry, guys. I think I literally heard the unsubscribe button get hit. Yeah, they better start asking us good questions, because otherwise I'll just come up with more cheese puns. Um, we are also, I'm not going to be there this month, but you will be at oh, GaryCon. Well, you have a ton, don't you? Oh, yes. So, first off, um, we are Chicagoland-based, so um, I'm trying to hit some local cons to start off with. Uh, first will be Adepticon. Mm, yes. Which is end of this month. Um, that is mostly tabletop wargaming. So, like, Warhammer um, is a huge focus there. But there's also board games and card games and other events going on as well. Um, we that, know our friends from Tomb Guardians are uh, going to be there. Correct. Um, and that's the 25th through the 29th in Schaumburg, Illinois. Um, big enough. For people to travel to because there are some major uh, Games Workshop tournaments that go down there. As well as, um, I believe, uh, some of the Fantasy Flight uh, uh, Legion gets a big rep- representation there. I know they did a lot uh, with X-Wing. X-Wing has gotten a big representation there. Yeah. And uh, L5R, yeah. uh, Legend of Five Rings LCG, gets a, a, a good tournament size there too. I might try going with you to that during the week. Mm-hmm. Because it's always fun. We're right there. Right. 
kind of in the backyard. Um, also, slightly more out of our backyard, but still in the, in the vicinity, is Gary Con. That's mm. in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Um, that is the 26th through the 29th. Same weekend as Adepticon. But this one is more RPG-focused, so D&D, Pathfinder, um, all for Gary Gygax. Mm-hmm. So, thus, the focus of being more RPGs. They still have board games and other things to do there, too, but much like Adepticon is tabletop wargaming, GaryCon is RPG-focused. Uh, so that's this month. Mm-hmm. Next month, in April, um, there is a Cheyenne Gaming Convention out in Cheyenne, Wyoming, that I'll be attending. That is the uh, April 18th and 19th. Uh, tickets are still up for that, as well as events. Uh, then the weekend after that is Gaming Hoopla, back in our neighborhood around here mm-hmm. in the uh, northern, northwestern suburbs of Chicago. And that is the 24th to the 26th of April. So that one's more board gaming. Um, Cheyenne... Um, the Cheyenne Gaming Convention is actually video games, board games, RPGs. It's kind of gaming in general. Uh, no one focus. Mm-hmm. A little, uh, little bit of everything. And Gaming Hoopla is um, a benefit convention. So yeah. they are yes. working with Aurora Cancer Care. Um, so going out to there, not only is it going to be fun, but it supports a good cause. Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. Um... And all of them, I will put the uh, the websites for all of them in our show notes so that you can get a quick link. Uh, I know all of those are still still have tickets available. Um, GaryCon, there's a $20 spectator badge if you don't want to play anything but just want to show up and watch games. It's just 20 bucks to get in the door. Adepticon doesn't charge anything to watch uh, games, so you just can't play anything. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's one other. This is how many there are that I'm going through in the next, like, 30 days, I swear. Uh, Midwest Gaming Classic up in uh, Milwaukee. That is more retro arcade games and pinball, but they're getting a bigger focus on the uh, analog board gaming and RPGs, too. Nice. So that one is um, April 4th. 4th and 5th, officially, they have a quote-unquote preview on the Friday the 3rd. So 3rd through 5th is available up there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Jeez, man, I'm going to be busy. And uh, it'll be nice, because there's, there's a lot of stuff to do. So. That is, I guess, the re- more recent con circuit. There is also Gen Con, badges throw up. Mm-hmm. Hotels are kind of available. I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely, if you're interested in going to Gen Con, get your ticket as soon as possible. Um, The hotels are pretty much booked as of right now, but we will say always keep checking the the hotel, um, the housing portal. The housing portal will have um, random rooms pop up. Last year we got super lucky and went from being like 15 miles out to being attached to the convention center. Correct. Um, so definitely, definitely, definitely um, try to check in on that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And that one, um, events go up in May, so still a little time, but you're going to want to look at that catalog and see what's going on. 
So, next time on Tabletop Arcanum, we'll be taking a look at the RPG Alternity. Uh, the core rulebook for that uh, from Sasquatch Game Studio. It is kind of a future sci-fi RPG. Not necessarily cyberpunk, mm-hmm. but kind of can be, because you can kind of do modern world, you can kind of do a dystopian Mad Max universe. It's, it's or, or classic, like, space sci-fi. Um, the nice thing about it is it kind of gives you the, a generic enough rule set to... It's not going to be your D&D medieval fantasy um, mm-hmm. stuff, but gives you a little bit different uh, generic options to go with. So we'll take a look at that next time on Tabletop Arcanum. All right. Until next time, um, keep up with all the different rising games. Bread Rising. No, that was bad. That's a bad pun. I gotta go. I'm working on puns right now. Yeah. Please write in about the AMA, because otherwise you're gonna get like 45 minutes of Ricky puns. All my puns all the time. And I have to sift through it. So, please do me a favor and write in. And we will talk to you next time on Tabletop Arcane. This has been Justin. And Ricky. And the hills have rise. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.